The more I listen to history about great people from Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, and Rockefeller to Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great, the more I realize that these people have so many similarities in all aspects of their lives. And one thing that all of these great people never had was success falling into their lap by accident. They didn't aimlessly walk around waiting for something to happen to them. They were out there working even when the conditions of their lives did not favor success. One of the biggest hurdles that people face when making content for the first time or starting any new habit for that matter, is finding the right time to start. I used to think the same thing, that starting something had to be under perfect conditions, else it wouldn't work for me. I wanna share some insight about my work. I create content for all types of businesses and all types of business owners. They are all busy. They all have crazy schedules. They all work around the clock and they all miss emails it's, it's something that happens to every business owner. There is no perfect time or four-hour chunk of their week that they can take to start some new thing. And I can think of many clients who could easily say, no, I'm going to be too busy next month. I can't commit time for making content. But they don't say that. They make time for it because they understand that if you wait till everything is easy and the conditions are perfect, then you'll always quit when the conditions get hard and it's a busy season of life. I'm going to say that again. The people who I work with who actually find success and can consistently commit to something every month, they don't wait until everything is easy because they understand that if you wait till everything is easy and the conditions are perfect, first of all, that doesn't even exist. And second of all, you're just going to quit when things get hard. I think in everyone's work, you go through times of busy and slow seasons, whether that's your industry or just personal life. But the question is, will you let these external factors change your commitment to success? And success can look like anything. It can be these habits that you have. It can be your business goals. It can be creating content. For me, I have a streaks app on my phone, which helps me commit to three habits in particular. And those three habits are cold showers, stretching, and exercising. And I'm currently on 104 days of consistency for every single one. I have not missed a single day in 104 days, which isn't a super long time. It's not even half of a year yet. But the point is when you make time for these three things, when it's something that is a non-negotiable, you have to do it. There is no option of, I'll do it tomorrow, because I look at these things and I say, if I break this streak, I go back to zero and I have to start building up again and I lose 100 days of progress. Obviously, that's not exactly how it works. If you miss one day of working out or one day of missing your content schedule, you don't upload that day. Obviously, everything that you have worked for doesn't go out the drain. But this mindset that I've adapted does help me stay on track and it does help me consistently stick to a schedule and create these good habits. And you might be saying that doesn't sound healthy and it might not be. I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying it works for me. If you're in a position where you want to make more videos for your business or your personal brand, I don't think there will ever be a right time. It will never feel 100% easy or comfortable to talk on camera or talk into a podcast mic. 
it will never be cheap in time to hire an editor or write video ideas down or research concepts. These are fundamental struggles that literally all creators have battled with. There are solutions out there depending if you have more time or more money, you can pay people to get things done, or if you have time, you can do it yourself. But the main thing I'm trying to hit on here is if you don't choose to start now in a busy season of life, then you may as well just never start. Like if I'm being honest, if you can't continue doing it when you're busy, then why are you going to do it in the first place? One idea that I've wanted to talk about for a while, and I might make this into its own separate podcast episode, but I'm just going to touch on it briefly here, is become a content creator and not a content consumer. So many people, especially my age uh, in millennial or Gen Z generations, they are consumers of content. They scroll on TikTok, they scroll on Instagram. They don't think of social media platforms as something that they harness and that they benefit from. The social media platforms benefit from them. Whereas a content creator can post to these platforms and gain something, gain an audience. They build themselves up, not waste time being a consumer. There is no complete 100% creator and there is no complete 100% consumer. We all do a little bit of both. If you post a photo of your friends on Instagram, you are technically a creator. If you scroll reels or you scroll your feed posts, even if you're Mr. Beast, you're technically still consuming content, even if you're the biggest creator in the world. But what I'm saying is you need to push the balance more into the realm of being a creator. And the one tip that I have is replace your time spent consuming content with creating content. And guess what? you're probably still gonna have the same amount of time in your day for everything else. If you cut out watching Netflix, if you cut out watching Instagram Reels, if you cut out watching TikTok, even if it's just by 50 or 60 or 75%, you will make time for creating your own content. And you're gonna realize that it actually feels a lot better to put something out there rather than just consume everything. All right, hopefully you enjoyed that uh, a little discussion, motivation, I don't know what you want to call it. That's just how I've been feeling lately. Let's talk about some news. Also, I would love to hear, I don't know how you can respond or if there's a Q&A thing, but um, if you guys like doing the news section every week at the end of an episode, I've kind of been formatting it like we have a main topic to talk about for a couple minutes and then we jump into some news in the back half of the episode. If you like this kind of format, let me know. Most of you listening to this probably have my direct number. So just, uh, yeah, give me a text. I want to start off with YouTube news. YouTube is rolling out a channel page redesign on TVs with large background cover images. I feel like I talk about this every podcast episode, but one of my predictions for 2024 is that YouTube is focusing hard on TVs, optimizing it. We already saw this with longer ads on TVs. And now we're getting complete channel page redesigns for TVs, which looks amazing. If you have not seen this, it hasn't rolled out for all creators yet, um, but you can look up images of this online. It looks amazing. It fills up way more space and it actually reminds me of the Netflix homepage. There's kind of like a, a big banner of channel art um, taking up 
maybe half of the screen. And then there's the channel icon on the left-hand side with a short description, the subscribe button, and then also a um, playlist mix button. So you can start watching their content. And then below that, taking up a couple columns going horizontally across the screen is all of their content. It looks really beautiful. And this is just another way that um, YouTube is trying to harness a new type of audience. And an interesting statistic to take a look at is YouTube has been the number one streaming platform by watch time for one consecutive full year. And they're averaging more than 1 billion hours of watch time on YouTube on TVs every single day, just on TVs. That is mind blowing. If you are thinking about starting creating long form content, I would recommend if you can, maybe start making content that is actually like 20 or 25 minutes long. Lots of these big creators, like, um, I mean, there's just infinite big creators I could name, but they're making content that are 25, 45 minutes and they're finding big success. Lots of their watch time coming from YouTube TV now up to like 40%, which is massive. I would definitely be interested to understand and learn how smaller creators can take advantage of this new type of audience. You would have to have a pretty decent production level to make people want to watch on their TVs. I feel like if you sit down and you watch something for 20, 30 minutes, you're expecting it to be to a certain level or a certain entertainment, a certain value. Whereas if you're making six, seven, eight minute videos and people are just watching it primarily from their phone, there might be a little bit less of an expectation of I'm going to sit down and devote my full attention to this. Does that make any sense? All right, another random statistic is Prime, uh, the brand started by Logan Paul and KSI, tops Gatorade sales in Walmart, which is pretty mind-blowing considering they only started, I think, two years ago, just over two years ago, and they're already topping the number one competitor in one of the biggest retail stores. Uh, obviously, this could change over the months and, you know, it changes probably per store. Um, I'm sure the statistics are skewed one way or another to favor Prime. But the fact that this is even a real statistic is pretty incredible. Google has recently cut a $60 million per year deal with Reddit for training AI data on Reddit posts and the Reddit platform. This is very interesting to me because Reddit has become probably the best place to find nuanced answers about very specific things. And the fact that Google, I think Google's really smart with this. The fact that they're cutting a deal to train AI models on very nuanced dot data from real people, uh, it could work out very well. But at the same time, the fact that it's coming from real people and anyone could post on there, is it gonna be getting 100% factual accurate information? That's probably the one question I have on it. And if you are gaining so much information about such a wide variety of topics, who's, how do they decide what is a good fact and what's a bad fact? Like what's true and what's not? Because if you're not an expert on literally everything, which, no one is, then 
who's the person who decides or researches or has to fact check the AI on literally every fact in the world. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. Could be really helpful. Speaking of Reddit, Reddit is actually about to IPO in just about a couple months. And this is super interesting. This is the first time a tech company has ever IPO'd in this way. Let me explain. 75,000 of Reddit's top creators will gain access to the company's shares before it IPOs in March. So how it's gonna work is Reddit is gonna allocate shares to select users and moderators who have meaningfully contributed to Reddit community programs. After that, people with a Reddit Karma score of at least 2,000 and those who have performed at least 5,000 moderator actions will be invited to purchase shares. Now, the reason this is unusual is because advanced access is typically reserved for investors, like real, real investors who have a lot of money invested into Reddit. Reddit has actually been growing quite a bit as a platform. They have over 430 million monthly active users, which is ahead of platforms like Twitch and Discord. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Reddit Redditors, Redditors, yeah, Redditors to get in on a very unique opportunity. And in the future, I wonder if other platforms are going to take the same approach. People who have meaningfully contributed to a new type of platform, will they get early access to shares and actually monetarily gain from that platform that they've worked with? And if they do invest in that company, it gives them even more of a reason. It gives the creators even more of a reason to keep on posting and keep on uh, vying for the success of a platform. They're literally invested in it monetarily, not just with their time. The last thing I want to talk about is Marquez Brownlee joining a company called Ridge as chief creative partner and member of a six-person board. So that means he is like seriously invested in this company he is most likely spending a decent amount of time thinking about and putting his time and effort into this company ridge has spent over nine million dollars sponsoring youtube creators since 2016 and the ceo wants to become a creator-led brand so what does a creator-led brand mean well i think it means that they're partnering with someone like marquez brownlee who has massive youtube following who has reputable uh, reputation in the space of tech, which is kind of you know adjacent to what Ridge as a company does. They want him to be the face and the trust, that bridge between consumer and company. And the CEO believes that more direct-to-consumer companies are gonna be repositioning themselves as creator-led brands. And this reminded me that Ryan Trahan has also become the co-owner of Joyride Suites. And he actually just did an announcement video or a launch video for the brand about two weeks ago with a beautiful, beautiful cinematic video. I loved watching that. All right, that just about wraps it up for this episode. If you want to watch another podcast or listen to another podcast, I recommend a new Mr. Beast interview from one of my favorite podcasts, How to Take Over the World. He talks about how important obsession is and how important focus is. He talks about how to hire new people in his company and overall just his long-term strategy for YouTube. So I would highly recommend that video. Any, any podcast, any information that you can get 
from Mr. Beast is extremely valuable. So go check that out. And while you're at it, make sure you leave me a five-star review or rating. It really helps out. All right, peace.